Before we commence chapter 1 of what is in your hand, let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, the name which is above every other name. It's our heart's cry that God, you will anoint us to bless your handmaidens and servants. And God, that through this teaching and the anointing, we might help bring forth their very giftings, O oh God, that they in turn may also be a blessing to the body of Christ. Anoint their ears, motivate them towards study, motivate them towards action, that God in the days that lie ahead, they will take these teachings and God implement it in their ministries and thus be a blessing to the body of Christ. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 1, entitled, From the Known to the Unknown, which is simply the law of apperception. We will discuss first and foremost the five senses. God has wonderfully endowed humankind with five senses. It is through these five senses that man makes contact with his fellow man and his surroundings. You know quite well that the five senses are one, hearing, two, sight, three, touch, four, smelling, and five, tasting. Man hears with his ears, strategically placed on either side of his face. His eyes through which he sees is placed close to his forehead. The ability to touch and feel is within the two hands, and that being the right hand and the left hand. The nose has two nostrils that enables man to smell. The mouth with his jaw, teeth and tongue gives man the ability to chew food and make the necessary distinctions of taste between the various foods he eats and also for man to speak. These senses are vital to the well-being of man. And when these senses fail or cease to operate, man is considered as handicapped and impaired. Let's now talk about the precise position of the five senses. Four of the five senses are situated on the face, close to the brain, and that being hearing, sight, smell, and taste. The touch sense is approximately 80 to 100 centimeters from the eyes. It is all by itself, and yet they were perfectly, perfectly in harmony. They are uniquely correlated by the brain, which transmits directives as the other four senses feed information to the brain. It is the touch sense that acts as the servant of the other four senses. Perhaps considering the following acronym, we will help to see the correlation between the hands and the brain. H-A-N-D, hands. H hands. A, activate. N, neurological. D, directives. Though the hands activate neurological directives. Let's now briefly discuss the hand, the touch, and the feeling sense. There is a marked distinction between touching and feeling. When touching, we encounter an object and oftentimes we are unable to distinguish immediately, immediately what has been touched. However, when we feel, we are able to detect what has been touched. 
It is usually with the fingers of the hand that we are able to recognize what has been touched. The hand has five fingers and each with a special ability. It is because of these special abilities that the fingers are named accordingly. The thumb, the index finger, the middle finger, the ring finger, and the baby finger. Finger, The thumb. The thumbs are situated on the extreme left of the right hand, extreme right of the left hand. When our hands are folded together, the thumbs meet. It is the smallest of all the fingers. And yet surprisingly enough, it often speaks of the seal of a person. These unfortunate people who cannot write are encouraged to use their thumbprint as a mark of authentication. Strange and yet so true, every person has a different thumbprint. In fact, it is said of all the fingers. And therefore, it has the uniqueness of authorizing legal documents. Because of this uniqueness, the thumb is often referred as the authority of a person or the seal of a person. Let's now discuss the index finger. By the way, I'm busy with the book on all of this. The index finger is the closest to the thumb of authority. The index finger is used for pointing and therefore is often referred to as the pointing finger. The finger of direction. Let me say that again. The index finger is the pointing finger. The finger of direction. The proximity of the pointing finger to the thumb of authority is for a special reason. When authority and direction join, let me say that again. When authority, the thumb, and the index finger pointing direction, something takes place. Let me read that again. The proximity of the pointing finger to the thumb of, the, to the thumb of authority is for a special reason. When authority and direction join, they take on an ability that is similar to that of the tongue. The tongue through speech communicates. The thumb of authority and the finger of direction also communicate. When a pen or pencil is placed between the two communications, between the two that is the thumb and the, and the uh, pointing finger, communication also takes place. The tongue, the tongue speaks to the ears of men with audible sound, whereas the thumb of authority and the finger of direction speak to the eyes and that not with sound. Like the thumb, the index fingers join when the right and left hands are folded together. These are the writing fingers. The revelation, the revelation fingers, the thumb of authority, the apostle, and the index finger, the direction of the prophet. One of the common uses of the index finger is the calling of people. Now, even in certain cultures, this is very offensive. In my culture, which is South African, we don't call a person like this. We don't. It is rudeness. Amen. Let's now talk about the middle finger. 
The middle finger is the longest of all the fingers. And when the hand is touching, it reaches out the furthest on the object being touched. Like the thumb and the index finger, when the hands are joined together, the middle fingers you touch and unite. Sadly, in many cultures, the middle finger is used as a sign of obscenity and insult. All the other fingers are closed down onto the palm of the hand whilst the middle finger is stretched out, thus signifying obscenity and insult. I think you are well aware of that, so I won't demonstrate it. Let's talk about the ring finger. The ring finger is the second long, longest finger. It is called the ring finger for on it, in most cultures, the wedding ring is worn. The wedding ring is usually worn on the left hand. I once heard it is a finger that has a vein linked, to, linked directly to the heart. After research, I discovered that this was not the case. There was a belief in ancient times that the vein, a vein ran from the fourth finger that is coming from the thumb directly to the heart. No wonder this vein was nicknamed Vena Amora, which means the vein of love. It was this view in mind that married couples wore the wedding rings on their ring finger, depicting their love for each other as a hand and heart connection. He held it in his hands and she held it in her hands, but they were connected not only by hands, but also by the hearts that were one. Let's now talk about the little finger. The little finger is also known as the pinky finger, which means small. Coming from the thumb, it is the last finger of the hand. This little finger is usually used to scratch in the air. Like all the other fingers, when the hands join, they denote unity. In fact, the small finger talks about the teacher. He, he takes all the wax out of your ear and he gives instruction. Let's talk now about the symbolism of the hand. There's so much we can glean from the symbolism of the hand in order to improve our personal life and how we treat others with honor and respect. Before we mention and briefly explain these wonderful symbols of the hand, it is essential that we remind ourselves that there is a constant correlation between the brain and the hand. The hand receives directives from the brain and acts accordingly. There are two kinds of actions that the hands express and that being voluntary and involuntary actions. Voluntary actions are undertaken by one's free will. Classic examples of this are what we decide to eat, whether or not we do daily exercise to strengthen our bodies. Involuntary actions are those certain, certain actions over which we have no control. Several good examples are sleeping, breathing, and yawning. And I find it quite strange that when I see someone yawning, I start yawning almost immediately myself. The best example of involuntary actions comes from my primary school days. Our teacher gave us a classic example of how when touching a hot plate, we do not decide whether to remove our hand. Without premeditation and thought, we remove our hands instantly. Oh boy, I got burnt. Symbol one, let's talk about power. As small as the hand is in comparison to the rest of the body, that being the chest, the legs, the head, etc., it is rather remarkable how that power is associated with the hand. Considering a clenched hand, that being the first, we note it enables a person to knock down another person. Bang! 
On the other hand, when the hand is open and outstretched to another hand, it has the ability to pick up a person. And let me just say this again. I said that the hand can be symbolic of you being an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher. There is power in the hand. I'll say it again. P-O-W-E-R spells power. The hand is significant of power. And when closed, it can knock people down. But when open, it lifts people up. And I have the same. And the Lord gave it to me. Power in the wrong hands can be very destructive. But power in the right hand can be very constructive. Usually, an open hand is a hand that blesses others. Usually, a clenched hand, a fist, is a hand that destroys others. There are those certain few people like Hitler, Mussolini, uh, Bonaparte, who believe, that, who believe that hands are meant for war, who believe rather that hands were meant for war. It is not surprising to note that all weapons of destruction are placed in the hand, the sword, the bow, the arrow, the pistol, the machine gun, the knife, etc., etc. There's power, and oftentimes evil power in the hand. But God has called you and placed within your hand a ministry, a ministry not to destroy people, but a ministry to constructively build people up. You are a gift. Hallelujah. Remarkably, as much as there are violent people in this world, there are, also, there are those gentle people as well whose lives are motivated to do good. And I believe you are one of them. Oops, I'm getting excited. <laughs> These people's hands are forever open and outstretched to the less fortunate and downtrodden, willing to pick them up from the muck and mire of an unpleasant life and clasping their weak and feeble hands of the discarded in their strong hand and leading them to a better life. There are many good types of hands in the world. Hands of mercy, hands of grace, hands of trust, hands of peace, and hands of power. Sadly, in this world, there are also hands that love to fight the hands of war. Symbol number two of the hand, covenant agreement. Let's talk about this. Covenant agreement. My parents, although, could, although they could not provide the best and sundry for us, yet gave my siblings and myself that which money could never ever buy. They gave us honor and dignity. My father was a man of few words and yet a man of great action. He lived by his word and his word was his bond. He was always as good as his word. And whenever he gave his word to another person as a bond, he joyously and yet solemnly said, let's shake on that. Let's shake on that. My humble father extended his hand in a handshake, thus signifying the confirmation of a promised word. How sad are the present days. The words of men, of men cannot be trusted. Every agreement must be in writing, signed by the parties entering into covenant agreement further witnessed by at least two witnesses and signed on the document of agreement. Times have sure changed humankind. It was not so long ago that the only requirement 
was a simple, simple, simple handshake. I thank my parents and most of my dad for teaching me the power of a handshake. I give you my word. Let's not talk about the symbol of agreement. My dear pastor, and that being Apostle Evan Gray, surely knew how to break down the divide between people. He convinced me and many others of the power of the wave of the hand, accompanied by a pleasant smile. I have seen the most miserable and unloved people succumb to a hand wave of greeting and a pleasing smile. Gestures carry different messages, and no doubt a hand wave greeting gesture sure invites people to want to know you. They probably ask themselves, why is this man so friendly? Why is this lady so friendly? One of the first things that mothers love teaching their little babies is the farewell wave. Say bye-bye. With great joy and pride, we hear them encourage the little baby. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. To our wonderful surprise, the sweet and adorable little baby eagerly begins waving their hands and smile gleefully. No one, no doubt, the little child did not say goodbye, but they conversely spoke with their hands. In several cultures, hugging and kissing is discouraged at best, and that led to the woman. To refrain from definite embarrassment, men prefer to firmly shake hands, a sign of greeting. It is most assuredly also a sign of friendship as well. Handshakes in most cultures are signs of welcoming and farewelling. Let's not talk about the symbol of anger. An angry person is a dangerous person. And by the way, you never lose your temper, Ian. Ian, Ian, Ian. You never lose your temper. I you hear you, Joe. You find your temper. <laughs> they can do great harm to people. The angry people are best avoided. Often angry people unknowingly give a gesture that forewarns us of evil intent. They raise a clenched hand, a fist towards people. It has been said that many angry people lose their rationality. It is as if another person takes over. Let's not talk about respect. The symbol of respect. The enlisted Troops, soldiers, salute their superior office, officers in the army. No matter where they meet, the enlisted soldier will salute his senior. This is not just a sign of greeting, it is more so a sign of respect, acknowledging seniority. The hand raised to the side of the head, of the head as a soldier brings his feet together with a ceremonial stomp. Let's not talk about the symbol of prayer. The hand portrays two symbols of prayer and that being trust and contrition. When our hands are placed together and all the fingers face upward, it is a sign that we are communicating with God in prayer. We are trusting and believing God will answer our prayer. When our two hands are clasped together and all our fingers face downward except our two thumbs which face upward, this is very significant. The eight fingers downward is a sign of contrition. We acknowledge our sins, holding our clean hands on our chest, close to our heart as a sign of contrition and repentance. The two thumbs point upward, heavenward, 
and no carefully they point heaven, heavenward and they are crisscrossed. This speaks of the cross where our sins are dealt a death blow. And it also should remind us of the cross. When hands are open and raised above our stature, in most cases, it's a different type of prayer altogether. This symbolism of prayer does not deal with trust and contrition. It deals with matters concerning other people. It is a prayer of fervent intercession. It is a time that we take on the burdens of others and plead with Almighty God on their behalf. Remember, Moses, Aaron, and her went up into the mountain. And how did they intercede? They raised their hands. Amen. Symbol number seven, approval and disapproval. Though most people are blessed with the ability to speak, we often use gest uh, gestures to communicate and often use metaphorically. One of the most common metaphorical gestures in the, is the thumbs or the thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs down. The index, middle finger, ring and small finger are closed in a tight fist action with the thumb extended either upward or downward. The upward extended thumb conveys the unspoken metaphor of approval. Good on you, good on you, good on you. Whereas the down extended thumb denotes disapproval. Bad, bad, unacceptable. Thumbs up. Often we ask probing questions like, how was the game? The upside, up, thumbs upside will indicate the game was good. The thumbs downside will indicate the game was bad. Woo! The versatility of that, we have to discuss this. And by the way, if I boast, I boast in the Lord. This was not done through any research. I prayed and I waited upon the Lord and God just gave me the thoughts. So I want to praise God the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about now the versatility of the hand. The hand is the most versatile member with the unique, with the unique ability to act on behalf of the impaired senses. The unique hand aids those people who are unable to hear. The creative hands, hand aids those who are able to speak. The illustrious hand aids those unable to read. Woo! Three, it, it, it does three of the senses. The hand manipulates sign language and those who are deaf are able to hear and communicate as though as they focus on the manipulations of the hand. Those who are unable to speak are able to communicate and that effectively as they to use the art of sign language. Woo! Praise God for the hand. The hand is extremely sensitive. The sense of touch and feeling in all of the fingers give the hand the ability to read. The blind and the visually impaired are able to read through the touch and feel gate of their hands. Braille, named after the Frenchman that invented Braille, is written on embossed paper, which enables the letters of the alphabet to stand out from the paper. Each letter has its distinct code and touch, thus enabling the blind to see, to read. Though they can't see, yet they can read. Hallelujah! What a miracle! Great is the hand. Blindness, only not, blindness not only robs people of sight and the ability to read, it also robs the blind of mobility. Once again, it is the hand of power that comes to the rescue of the blind who are often prisoners in their own homes. By simply placing a marked cane, usually white in their hand, they are able to go to most places where all normal people go. 
There's also the remarkable aid of the trained dog who leads the blind. Once again, the hand plays a prominent role. The lead is placed over the neck of the dog and extends the hand of the blind person. The dog avoids all the dangerous hazards in the path of the intended journey. It might sound laughable that the lead is not placed around the ankle, the leg or the neck of the blind person. The lead, the lead is strategically placed in the hand of the blind. It is the hand of the blind that has the strength and the ability to heal, pay, which means simply pay attention to, to listen to, take note of, to observe, notice and regard. And that is to regard the guidance of the dog. Can we imagine the lead around the ankle, the leg or the neck? The blind person will most definitely be hobbling along or being slowed, slowly choked to death. It is all the all-powerful hand, or should I say, I further say, the remarkable hand that becomes the hearing aid, the mouthpiece, and the spectacles of the physically impaired. Now, there are some, no doubt, who will listen to this uh, teaching on the, on the natural and say, how does this all apply to Scripture? I simply took you from the known to the unknown. I want to take you on, on, on to now the spiritual journey, but I, I've taken what you, what you know and I reminded you about the role of the hand. But you're going to be surprised how the hand acts out in worship. You're going to be surprised how the hand acts out in, 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 in deliverance, imparting the, imparting the Holy Spirit baptism, imparting healing. There's so much that we can learn from the hand. I trust that this teaching has awakened you and that you're looking forward to the spiritual hand. What lies in your hand, my brother and my sister? God bless you. Amen.